Weekly meetings at Columbia University's Motivation Science Center have always been entertaining as well as instructive. And not merely because our research topic, why people do the things they do, is more fun to think about than, say, advances in actuarial accounting. Our subterranean conference room is stuffed with chairs that surround a long table, often covered with papers, drinks, and snack foods. Our chalkboards are filled with badly drawn diagrams and graphs, some that we've been talking about for months. Each week, one brave soul presents his or her work to the rest of the group to field tough questions and receive feedback, sometimes complimentary, sometimes critical, often humorous. While each of us at the center has his or her own quirks, our own habits of long-winded speech and not particularly well-thought-out dress when it comes to how we work— we break down quite clearly into two general camps. As it happens, most people in every workplace, classroom, or community on the planet belong to one of these two camps. The distinction between the two camps can best be illustrated by introducing you to two of our most entertaining and strong-willed colleagues, whose names we have changed to protect the innocent, ourselves. John and Ray. John is the kind of person that some people might call difficult, though probably he and we would prefer the term skeptic. It is a challenge to get to the end of a sentence in John's presence without having him interrupt you to tell you how the beginning of it was all wrong. He is immaculate in his appearance, chooses his words with precision, and never procrastinates. He is, by nature, a pessimist, the defensive kind that we describe later. Try to tell him things are going to work out just fine, and watch as he gets visibly uncomfortable with your reckless and naive attitude. At this point, John is probably starting to sound a little annoying to work with, and there is no denying that he can be on occasion. But once you have gotten to know him, it's easy to see why he works the way he does. He is determined not to make mistakes. In fact, just the idea of making a mistake upsets him. Did we mention that much of the time he is at least a little anxious? He is. As a result, his work is usually flawless. The arguments clearly articulated and elaborately backed up with past research. The statistics so perfectly executed that they would make that actuarial accountant we mentioned earlier smile in admiration. When he criticizes our work, he does so with the genuine intention of helping us make it mistake-free. His input isn't always easy to hear, but we are always better off for having heard it. Ray is John's polar opposite, the anti-John. We're not sure that Ray has ever actually worried about anything. He is just as smart and just as motivated, but he goes about his work and his life with a relentless optimism that is impossible not to envy. He doesn't sweat the small stuff. He's all about the next big idea. But sometimes that sweat-free existence leads to trouble. He has been forced to label most of his possessions. If found, call Ray, 555-8797, because he is always forgetting where he left them. While every other second-year Ph.D. student prepared a PowerPoint presentation for their master's research, complete with every conceivable bell and whistle, Ray's talk consisted of two overhead slides and a post-it note. It was, incidentally, 
one of the most impressive theses that year in terms of ideas, if not style. Ray's work is creative and innovative. He's not afraid to go down untraveled paths and take intellectual risks, even though some of them end up being time-wasting dead ends. But appearance-wise, well, John once remarked during a lab meeting that Ray's shirt was so wrinkled, it looked like he had been keeping it in his pants pocket all morning. Maintenance is not Ray's thing. On the surface, John and Ray are two talented, hard-working individuals who have the same goal, to be an outstanding scientist. When you want to influence someone else, whether you are a psychologist, manager, marketer, teacher, or parent, you usually start by trying to figure out what...